This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. Hey guys, it's Casper. And Becky. From the DFWTO podcast. If you've been a longtime listener, you know how much mental health means to us. Mental health actually plays a role in many horror films, especially the final girl subgenre. Whether it's Nancy facing her nightmares and defeating Freddy, or Sydney taking out Ghostface to overcome the trauma of and avenge her mother's death. Not only are horror movies a huge comfort to Casper and I, so is putting our mental health first. And if you agree and you're searching for professional services, let BetterHelp be your guide. BetterHelp will connect you with a licensed therapist who can help you start your journey of self-awareness and discovery. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be flexible and convenient for any type of schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get yourself matched up with a licensed therapist, and you can also switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Just like the final girls that triumph over evil, triumph over your trauma with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com DFWTO and save 10% off your first month when you sign up today. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash D-F-W-T-O. And remember, guys, don't, don't fuck, fuck with the original. original. Now let's get into the episode. Good evening and welcome to another episode of the DFWTO podcast. I'm your host, Casper. And I am your other host, Becky Gremlin. Here to bring you all things spooky on Wednesdays because... Wednesdays are for podcasts. And here we are, guys, round four? Is this four? Round 395. Uh, (laughs) 472.7 of our interviews that we have graciously gotten to do with some of the coolest people that we've got to meet at Horror Hound Film Festival. Tonight, we're talking to Victoria Vertuga, who was a producer on Cold Blows the Wind, which won Best Feature at Horror Hound Film Fest, which is cool as shit, and it totally deserved it because that movie was bomb as hell, and who also is the writer and uh, director of a movie called Lexi. So thank you so much for meeting with us tonight and talking to us, Victoria. Oh my gosh, thank you. I'm super thrilled to be here and talk horror and all fun things yeah I'm so glad to meet you guys at horror hound it was such a great group of people it's so much fun it yeah really that was, was awesome yeah it, it was and it was actually um i feel like a little bit of a broken record but uh <laughs> i just i love the fact that this was our this was our first time and apparently horror hounds first time of ever doing any type of media with the film festival so it was such an incredible opportunity for our podcast because we don't just exclusively do interviews um we kind of encompass all things horror we talk about several different things just to not you know kind of stand alone from other podcasts that only do maybe true crime or just horror films but we do obviously have a real love and um passion for horror films so especially indie getting the opportunity yes getting the opportunity to be a part of the film festival was great and um even getting to meet you and everybody else and it was just so awesome especially with uh cold blows the wind because as I've said before, I took notes that Friday that they were showing the trailers and Cold Blows the Wind. I'm so glad that the uh, ones that I actually wrote down that I had on the list that I not only got to see later, we're also getting the opportunity to interview the people involved. So this has just been like a, a win-win all around. <laughs> so. I love that. So fun. Yeah, really cool. It was cool too because it was like I'm, I'm like you. Like I love many genres. I love horror, obviously, but I love many things. Yes. But I think the programming was really diverse in like 
that's part of what makes horror cool is right there's so much that falls under that umbrella so even within that genre there's so many like different takes on it and you saw that a lot i think at the programming this year which was really cool a thousand percent oh, yeah there's there so every many. single movie that we that i watched for like all of the interviews each one was like a different subgenre. you had like yep. dark comedy you had um psychological you had your slasher your slasher like literally yep. I, I just love that because when people are like do you have any horror movies that you suggest that i'm like what do you want? Yeah, I'm that's, like, a broad, that's a broad, broad question. Narrow it down, baby. <laughs> I'm like, I can't just be like, okay, well, here's this one. No, do you want paranormal? Do you want psychological? Do you want psychological paranormal slasher found Sci footage? <laughs> like, what do you want? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, as far as I know, um, Becky asked one of the, our other people this question, and I wanted to ask you this question too. Yeah. Like, how do you go about getting? How did you go about getting the film into Whorehound Film Fest this year? Yeah, we just did it the the um, non-connected uh, lame way of just submitting through Film Freeway. So <laughs> not, no, no sexy uh, tips for you there. We just, you know, finished our film, made a list of the festival, the genre fests that have good reputations, that um, are you know supposed to be well run, that have been around for you know enough years to make them hopefully worthwhile. So we just uh, submitted to the ones that we thought we would be a good fit for. Um, most of them tend to, there's like a little bunch that happen in the spring and then a lot of them happen in the fall as well. So we'll see what happens for the rest of our run. Hopefully we can get into some other good ones too. But yeah, we, Whorehound was our first one we got into. So we were really excited to have our premiere be that. Uh, it was a really great experience. So I'm, I'm super happy about that. I love too that like Zoe's so great and the people are so great. So yeah, it was a really fun experience. I just basically heard good things about it from other filmmakers and that's why we submitted and we were lucky enough to get in. That's so awesome. That is awesome. How did you get involved that. with the movie? So um, it's written by my writing partner, Eric Wilford. So me and him have been working together since, I want to say 2016. We've done a ton of stuff together. We also do things on our own. So this is actually a project that he'd written before we started working together. Um, we had an investor who wanted to uh, work with us on a project. And we just felt like this, for the budget that we had, was the best fit for like the projects that were under our umbrella. Because um, it's very contained, you know, very small cast. Um, lent itself to kind of this weird landscape that we're in. We filmed it at the very end of 2021, but it was still kind of under the COVID requirements and restrictions and, you know, the challenges of filming in a post-COVID world. So we thought this was kind of the project that lent itself the most to that. Um, and so that's that we just went forward and did it. Um, it's funny, I read it, this script a few years ago. <coughs> notes and I was I thought it was a great read and so so interesting that both the characters I thought were such hot messes but I was still invested in the story mm -hmm. but I never really thought myself uh specifically as Tasha I was never like oh I gotta play that role or like I really see myself as Tasha I just thought it was a great script and so when we decided to do it I was like oh okay now I gotta figure out like you know gotta do my work as an actor and figure out who this chick is and now I get in there and all that stuff so that was that was fun it was really cool so yeah that's that's how and that seemed like a really fun character like it the did movie, the movie overall <laughs> just like we always say like you want to be different at the end than you are at the beginning right that's like the mark of like an interesting character yes. um and she's certainly different at the end than she is at the beginning. <laughs> it's, a, it's a lot to go through so that was really fun it's also really challenging i think um as an actor too you know I, in my opinion both of both you and natasha are kind of um you know they're they're heavily flawed shall we say characters so it's it's the challenge in that too is not to judge it right like it, this is me this is these are the things i've done these are the things i'm saying so like what would make me behave this way and say these things and do these things you know really putting yourself in those circumstances without judgment because you can't as an actor give a good performance if you're judging so i think that that makes it even that's just a, another challenge on top of it whenever there's somebody who's behaving in a way that you really wouldn't in your normal life you know it's just another added uh, challenge to, to connect to the role, which makes it really fun and, and rewarding when you're able to do so. 
I couldn't agree more because I think that what something that Casper and I talk about all the time is how much um, character character development over the course of a film is so important. And mm-hmm. if you can find yeah. something relatable to a character, whether it's something in your own life or, or what have you, that is always a huge draw. If there's just something there that's relatable to that to that character even though you know that's a person playing that character that's not who they really are but they're playing it so well that it's so believable that and um she was very especially in the beginning parts of the film like I just really felt for her and did not I mean um the gentleman that played Dean like he did a great job of just not making himself likable at all. <laughs> just so funny. You said, okay, so my favorite, like, so during the premiere, my favorite, uh, my favorite part was like, because there were a bunch of like very chatty people in the theater, which I love, like commenting on the movie chatty kind. And so they were like, oh, this asshole, like, what a dick. Like, every time he did something in that movie, that made my soul so happy because believe it or not, on set, like the cast and crew, we were very divided on whether he was an asshole or not. And he's clearly an asshole, you guys. <laughs> like clearly an asshole so it was just so funny because there were people on our crew who were like no I feel bad for him 14 he's crying and I'm like fuck that dude you know (laughs) especially when you find out the truth I was like this motherfucker I was like but he got his just desserts it's fine supposed to go because even towards the end of the movie there were these parts you know especially with um your character like Tasha kind of becoming like more I don't want to say unhinged but like yeah. you know <laughs> something's you know something's going on and yeah. you know he kind of starts becoming like oh babe let me you know take you to the bed and Yes. I'll get you some, to, and you're just like, wait a minute, though, like <laughs> too little, too late, too little, too late, right? No, exactly, exactly. I couldn't agree more. Yeah, he just from start to finish, you're just like, even in those points of the movie where he's like, maybe even himself trying to make himself more redeemable. It's like, no, this yes. is not working. This is not working. It was yes. one of those it's, very it's satisfying funny. endings, though. Yes, because yes. I was like, nah, man, fuck you. She about to go all evil dead on your ass. <laughs> yes, same. Yeah, but there are people who felt on our project who felt really bad. They were like, no, man, like, he comes back, he comes back. You know, that's like everything. Like, he's trying, man. I was like, nah, no, no, no. <laughs> this is what a woman wants in a film right now. I'm just yeah. saying. This is yeah. what we want. Well, and especially <laughs> when you find out how it all went down that ultimately it is his fault and that none of this would have transpired the way it had if he hadn't been such a selfish jerk on her freaking birthday i'm like bro thank you (laughs) like thank you no (laughs) karma came back real quick yeah, and it's not only his fault, like, he tries to pin it on her, right, every moment. Like, there, there's, they, like, they're just, what I loved about this project is that 
there's so much history under everything they say to each other and there's so much dysfunction clearly in the relationship. So then with this added pressure of being in the situation of, you know, having hit the jogger and deciding what to do with it and all everything that ensues, it's just like you see the relationship just crumble and it just brings, you know, heightens all these problems that they have and whatever. But yeah, I felt like there was always a lot of, you know, emotional manipulation from Dean in the relationship. You know, there's a lot of jealousy and control, you know, when he's accusing her of, you know, sleeping with Briar and all these things and whatever. So yeah, Oh my God. Yeah. They're literally like in the bathtub. I'm like, dude, focus. There is like some serious stuff going on right now. I'm trying not to give away too much of the movie. And the only thing, and the only thing he can focus on is like, how did you see her without her shirt on? I'm like, you i'm like oh my god of course <laughs> he's a man though he's like lesbian sex and she's like and i bigger missed fish it fry here. and i missed it oh darn that's exactly right how could you do this without me oh no yeah. like is that all you heard out of everything yeah, i just literally. said to you that is exactly right exactly right it's so funny too and my husband was cracking me up because like like i said when i read this script you know obviously i'm very different from tasha i would hope <laughs> as a human but because of the circumstances of like the dynamics of the relationship i think this is the most me i've ever been in a movie just in the in the like sense of like my attitude and my response to things and whatever like there's so many moments that are like so me more than anything i've ever done that are really funny just like in, you know because he just he just elicits such a strong reaction in his like shenanigans, you know what I mean? In in the, the accusations and the stuff that it was just, yeah, it's just like, it's very funny that way. Like all my, I call, if you know me well, I have a lot of attitudes, like all my big attitudes. I was just about to ask you, are you full of sass, Missy? <laughs> I am 100% full of sass, so much sass, so much, so much. I love Coming it. We're yeah, here for your sass. <laughs> yes, exactly, it's the only way to be. Like even me as a little kid is saying like, all the pictures of me as a little girl, it's like, yeah, the attitude, just so much, so much attitude. <laughs> I, I love it. I, you know, what? it's, there was a, a part, I think what really like hit for me, how dysfunctional the relationship was, even, you know, even as you're going throughout, like in the beginning of the, oh my God, the line where he's like, well, you could have told me the buckets were out there. I'm paraphrasing. And I have to go all the way yes! back out there. And get, I'm like, you have got to be kidding me right now. <laughs> Thank you. You have got. That was one of the moments. In the, in the premiere where, where somebody was like, this dick, and it was so funny. And I'm like, yes, like we we had so much fun, like with the, like, I mean, like, so obviously Eric wrote this, so we did a pass together and whatever, and punch up dialogue and good stuff. And like, just making him such an asshole in, in those kind of moments, that it was so fun to do that. Like, but yeah, it's impossible, right? It's like, that's what I'm saying, my big attitude comes out, because it's impossible to have that said to you and not be like, oh, are, are you, you know what I mean? Are you for real right now? Like Exactly. Especially yeah. after everything that's happening yes. in this moment. Again, on her birthday, like, right. I can't preface this anymore. Um, I did think the and movie then, was actually really funny, too. Like, there Oh, were there so were so many, many parts that were very, the part that when worked he, perfectly. Um, spoiler alert, so fast forward the next 15 seconds, but the part where he walks in and you're eating your arm, I, I yep. literally just, like, burst into <laughs> laughter. I'm so and glad. she's like, I'm so hungry. <laughs> I'm so glad. Yeah, we got a lot of laughs in the premiere, and that makes it's so a comedy is so tricky, right? It's so subjective. Um, and me and Eric both will tell you we have like a very twisted sense of humor. Like we when we write, so we're gonna entertain each other and entertain ourselves. And so like you just never know if somebody else is gonna gonna get it. But I love it because my so my aunt and uncle and one of my other aunts live in the Midwest, so they came to the premiere, which was really fun. Um, 
my aunt who's sitting next to me has like the exact same sense of humor me as me so like the things she was dying laughing at I was like oh yes someone gets it like I was just so happy <laughs> so yes I'm glad you guys found it funny too because uh, yeah we, we hope that there's some humor in there I had a lot of laughs towards the end that mm-hmm. whole scene at the end uh when Tasha is is not quite Tasha anymore and <laughs> the, just the whole like going off on him beating his ass um but getting back to like what i really think defined it was like the dysfunction was the whole like dialogue between her and briar and her basically saying um you know i'm not you know i'm not in love with him and then it gets to the part where she's like well come with me and she's like but i'm married and she goes but you're not you're not you don't love him and she's like i said i'm not in love with him there's a difference boy I think that there have been so many women that have been in that situation and you, yeah. huh, I, I think when you really go back and you reflect like what that means, you're like, oh yeah. no, that's not good. Mm-hmm. And it's, that's, that's not good. And that's never a good reason to stay in any relationship. Well, literally with anybody, whether it's a man, woman, whatever, that's not, yeah. I, I know that that line for me in particular hit like just struck a total chord when she said it was just like oh no like that's not yeah. like girl get out get a, get away yes. from him like get out of here yes. totally, <laughs> or just totally. you know just you know or just do, or that, do that and you know problem solve bury him in the pet cemetery <laughs> Yes. What I found interesting about, about Tasha too, it was, um, was that I felt like she was always getting steamrolled by Dean in, in the first half of the movie. And it takes this like terrible thing happening to her for her to finally like stand up to him and like get her way. Do you know what I mean? To some extent. Cause it's like, it just felt like she was always kind of coming out on the losing end of the argument, right? Like whatever he wants to do, that's what ends up happening. So it is interesting that it took like you know, her, whatever, whatever happens to her without spoiling too much, it, it took that happening for her to be able to, like, come into her power. Unfortunately, it's not, you know, not the best way <laughs> that happened, but yeah, it was, it was just very interesting that way to me as well. That was one of the things I liked about, about the story. It's like, yeah, she clearly is somebody who has, has convinced herself of reasons to stay in this relationship for some yes. time, you know? Been there. <laughs> Done that. <laughs> <laughs> It's okay. <laughs> it's okay. It's in the past. We, we live and we learn. We learn. But yeah. we didn't walk away possessed. So yeah. you know, that's all that matters. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't say, well, You're no, like, I'm well, I don't know. <laughs> so um, we, we love to ask. Um, we've kind of gotten in the habit of asking people that we interview. And it, I just feel like it's always such a great question in, anyway, because, um, you know, we are talking about the we are talking about horror do you have a favorite scary movie of your own or like a favorite genre of of a like a series or whatever that you really enjoy or if you just have a favorite movie that you're like yep that's my go-to that's my that's my favorite scary movie totally i love i love like psychological stuff and i also love stuff that's like really dark and gritty and grounded um i was in my and this again some somewhat controversial but not really to me uh i think silence of the lambs is probably my favorite horror movie um it is a horror film. Yes, you are yeah. correct. Yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> it is. So I, it, the origin story with that is when I was like, me and my sister were very young. My dad thought it'd be really funny to have us watch it. Um, so we watched it, and my dad was also a psychiatrist. So he like whispers at us, you know, half, you know, as soon as it's revealed that Hannibal Lecter's a psychiatrist, he's a psychiatrist, like, you know, and our ears really creepy. Thanks, Dan. And then, 
yeah, kept saying stab. And then he decided to hide under my sister, my big sister's bed and wait until she fell asleep and then jump out and scare her. Oh, no. <laughs> I don't know where my mom was. Clearly not around. Uh, and yeah, my poor sister is like still in her thirties, like still afraid of the dark. Um, but I thought it was really hilarious. It clearly not, but very hilarious. But uh, that is my origin story of Sounds of Lambs. But I just love the. Um, the psychological aspect of it, you know, and I think it's also so many, uh, it's just, uh, just a, as a piece of filmmaking, oh, there's so many just beautiful filmatic moments and whatever, like, I love the, the bait and switch, um, happens kind of, like, two-thirds through the movie where you think she's going to be on his door, which is the wrong door, and just the way they film so many things, there's so many elements of it, I think, are fantastic. A recent one that I love that kind of has a, a similar tone to me is uh, Black Phone. I love Black oh, Phone. Um, I thought yes. it was so well so I think like so I love horror and I'll say I totally do but I think that sometimes so one of the great things about it is that um it is the rules that apply to so many other genres don't apply to horror in the same way like mm-hmm. people are more to take risks there's more um creative storytelling happening there's like it's just it, it there's just so much diversity in it and there's way more of like creative ways of looking at things and doing things that happen which is great but I will say sometimes I think the story suffers as a result of that you know there's not as much uh time spent on like the character development or like the the story arc or making it really good as I like as just somebody consuming stuff so for me when it really hits on those things I'm like ah yes this is what I love so I feel like Blackborn was another one which is such such a beautiful clean story um just a really clear arc for him and like a really really gritty kind of grounded feel to it so that's kind of those are kind of my jam as far as movies go I couldn't agree more with both Silence of the Lambs I saw way too young I think (laughs) on tv like snuck and saw it and terrified me to no end and then really didn't get to appreciate which this happened with a lot of horror movies as a kid so I'm almost 40 so it just they would like be I'd like sneak they would be on tv scare the shit out of me and then years later I go back and watch them and and learn to appreciate them more and I just and then I I later went on to read Thomas Harris's novels and the subsequent yes. sequels afterwards and he is such a brilliant author and is so descriptive in the way that he writes and totally um great. Silence of the Lambs is just one of those and I just I just found out recently from an interview with Jodie Foster that there is a line in the movie that Anthony Hopkins actually ad-libbed sort of to make fun of not only her, but to make fun of Clarice as well when he makes fun of Clarice's accent because Anthony Hopkins knew that uh, Jodie Foster was trying so hard to like nail this like Virginian Southern accent. And he was sort of like making fun of both of them to sort of make her defensive to bring that out in Clarice. And I was like- that floored yeah. me. That floored me to find that out because yeah, he's so dope, Anthony Hopkins. That's not surprising. That's so smart because like the dynamic between so them is always one step ahead and always under her skin, right? So he's trying yes. to really get under the actress's skin too, so that she has that that like very honest reaction of like there's some oh, you know, <laughs> like, like I'm actually mad at him. Like I'm really <laughs> letting that get so deep into the character, and they spend such little screen time together, which I don't think a lot of people realize for the for how long that movie actually yes. is. That the screen time between the two of them is really 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 short but it's so powerful and he not only lingers with her he lingers with you throughout the movie like you almost feel like he's behind you or he's like in the house with you somewhere when you're watching the movie like he's just those eyes when you get to the end of that hallway and he's looking at you and he's like staring into your soul and it's just he's so incredible and the black phone um I, my uh, 10 year old niece is starting to get into horror and she, I took her to see that movie. We both saw it in theaters. Um, And it just, 
it's a really cool, I thought not only is it, was it a really neat movie to kind of introduce kids to that wasn't yes. like too gory, too crazy, kind of a, kind of a cautionary, you know, stranger <laughs> danger movie too for kids. Yes. Um, yes. even, even with, even with the fact that it was set in the like seventies and eighties, um, getting to see Ethan Hawke as a villain was nuts. Oh, Cause I've been such a fan of his for so long and he's. As yeah. far as I know, has never played a character like that before. Yeah, so that, that was, was really crazy. He, he made it a, a point to never want to play anybody like dark and twisted. So this is yes. like the first time he's done that. So that's a big deal for sure. And he nailed it. He absolutely oh, so nailed every psychological part of that movie. And those kids, I mean, it's become one of these films that like, now my, my 10 year old niece is obsessed with it. She loves the movie. She loves the kids. She watches it over and over and over again. Like, I, I think it was a really great movie, not only to introduce to a young audience of, yeah. of horror fans. Um, it just, it psychologically worked very, very, very well. It didn't have to have a lot of gore or a lot of, nope. it, it just, it, it worked. Like you said, I'm, I'm a well. huge fan of psychological. Mm -hmm. I, I think even, I think even in films where they seem like not, I don't want to say like out of the norm that they would never happen, but something it, it, because it does hit your psyche so hard, you're like, Oh, that, or maybe a version of that could actually happen in real life. Yeah. Cause I think I totally agree. I think that those stay with you. Right. Cause it's, it's, it's yes. I, I feel like uh, um, an evil or a monster that we can really believe is like so much more terrifying, right. That really exists that we like have, that we have experience with that we have knowledge of is like so terrifying right like the evil that lurks in all of us that is yeah so i think that that is just like a really creepy thing to explore for sure yeah because i was about to say like you don't just like piggybacking off what you said most of the time actually a hundred percent of the time gore does not scare me gore has never Same. scared me no i actually love it because i'm over here like Ooh, how did they do if that? They can work, yeah, kind I'm of big, like behind the scenes. Like, how did they make that look special? So real? We're big special effects people, so practical yeah. effects in movies that rely on gore, especially if the story works, we both really like because we're like, how did they make that effect work? <laughs> and I'm like, give me a movie. If I could go back and forget a film and rewatch it again to get the same shock factor. It would yeah. be Saw. Like, if I could just yeah. unsee yeah. Saw and then see it again. Like, I love those movies that literally the ending, the ending of the others. Like, yeah. I was like, I have to rewatch this movie immediately. What the fuck? The ending of yeah. The Uninvited. Like, no one talks about The Uninvited. That movie was fucking insane. And like... So insane. Very underappreciated. Yeah. It's very... Yeah, because the whole time you're just like... And then when you rewatch it, you notice nobody else looks at her sister. And I'm like... What the fuck? I also so need like, Elizabeth Banks to do more yes. horror films. She was actually really good in Brightburn. Yeah. But um, seriously, though, no. Psychological, I want to go, like, stop watching a movie like Oculus when I went to see it in theaters. I left that movie theater, and it sat with me for hours. Yeah. I was like, what the like fuck was that movie? Because <laughs> you're trying to make sense of it, right? You're like, whoa. It just You have to, like, digest it and, and let it sit and figure out what it means to you and all that. And that, that's, I agree. Like the ones that sit with you are really powerful. Speaking of, speaking of, uh, special effects and practical effects, who yeah. did the special effects and makeup on Cold Blows the Wind? Cause there were some scenes in that movie, right? The bathtub scene that I mentioned, I was like, what? Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. So their name is probably James. Um, I, uh, there's a, I also 
used to do a ton of print modeling back in the day, and there is a photographer friend of mine that is now the head of one of the main um, FX schools here in LA, and um, they were one of his students, and he put me in touch because we were looking for somebody, and I reached out, and yeah, and they were amazing. Um, so yeah, people were asking me, what, how did you guys do that? What was that in there? Um, somebody was like, it was that like a hamburger? Like, was it actually yeah. beef? I'm like, no, it was not beef. Um, <laughs> so it was actually, and and this is a fun little like budget thing too. So we wanted a full body, but um, our budget <laughs> did not want a full body. <laughs> so we basically uh, probably made um, the the torso was just like a mannequin, and then they made the arms and legs out of like gelatin and PVC pipe. Right. Um, and then we were able to like, you know, saw through it or whatever. And, and, and then they just had a, like a pump for the fake blood set up so that, uh, they could pump that out when we were rolling and as we're cutting and stuff. And yeah, it looked really amazing. It's just, this effects is so crazy to be a part of on set. Cause you're just like, what shenanigans. And then also you, you have very limited takes to make it work. Cause like the resetting with the blood, especially is like almost impossible. Right. So you kind of got to get it like in one and hope everything fires correctly and all goes well together. And I think sound design too, for that, like we struggled a lot with our sound designer because we were like, it has to sound like bone. Like, you know, like we're like, what is this noise? Like this doesn't sound like bone. So we had like, you know, and that was, that was tricky too, to really make the, the sound sell it. Cause I think that really goes a long way in, in really selling the reality. Um, yeah, so that's how we did that. <laughs> that's, that's that's really always, cool. I always love hearing so how funny. people do the behind the scenes. Like I said, like when I'm watching a horror film, like Terrifier 2, for instance, because it's absolutely yeah. ridiculous. Like I'm sitting there and I'm going, how in the fuck? What? How much? What is the, what the corn I syrup? Imagine terrifying. I was gonna. <laughs> I like the scene. He does it himself, right? Like he's the writer. Right. He's yeah, he does. So like he knows what the hell he's doing with that, and he knows what he needs. So that makes that so much. But yeah, I can't even imagine the sh- like the amount of. <laughs> I don't. I, I, I. Yeah, I really wonder like what, how many hours and how much blood. <laughs> I wonder <laughs> if he. I wonder if he used more blood. I I've read that. Uh, Tim Burton's Sleepy Hollow used a lot of blood. Like, that oh, one, yeah. and then the Evil Dead, um, yep. this new one, way more blood. Yeah, yeah this one this actually new used one. more blood. I mean, yep. I just see the cheese grater, and I'm like, Ugh. yeah, so, you know, yep. I, oh, God. never oh, yeah. again. You know, I've always never had again. issues with eye things and with nail things, and I thought yep. I didn't have any yep. other issues until I saw a fucking cheese grater, and cheese I was grater. like, oh. No, that's, yep, you know, mm-mm. That's yep. new. Yeah, I thought Cabin Fever about did it for me every time I shaved my legs. And, oh. and then the cheese grater and the trailer, Isn't I was like. Funny how those moments stick with you, too, so then every time you, like, do that thing or use that object or whatever, like, you, your mind is just always thinking about it. So my girlfriend is, like, not good with gore at all. Like, she loves yeah. paranormal. She does like yeah. horror movies, but she's not good with gore. So I'm an asshole and told her about the cheese grater thing. Well, oh, she no. uses a cheese grater at work. And now she can't unthink of it every time she right. uses a cheese grater. <laughs> oh, she's like, would you like some fresh parmesan? <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, why are you gagging? <laughs> no reason at all. <laughs> oh, man. Yep. That'll I, do it. Another part I was going to, that's so interesting that you mentioned that budget with the bathtub scene, because I actually thought it was really cool. And I think this is a testament to a lot of other films that you didn't, see the whole body mm-hmm. yeah like it almost made it grosser yeah <laughs> that you're only seeing like especially when he said a chicken leg 
You're like, oh my god, no. no. Like, like, oh my god, I can't. You know, like when you, I can't. Yeah, over just chicken. I used to like, oh, uh, yes. <laughs> You're like, no. Sir, this is not a rotisserie chicken. This is chicken. not a rotisserie chicken no. at all. But yeah, that was, that was, it was like, you know, exactly. The creative challenges are making it work, but like, you, you, I think there's something to be said for like leaning into your limitations, right? So like, if they're all, at this point, they're all, she's also totally dehumanized, right? They're like, they, it also symbolizes how like far they've gone down this path, you know what I mean? Yes. So I think it's important to not see Briar as a human anymore and like, all those things. So yeah, we just kind of leaned into those limitations that we had and also, you know, it provides us the close up of for the FX stuff and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, I think it turned out really, really well. It did. I loved it. Mm-hmm. I, I loved it from oh, beginning and I, to end. Congratulations on winning best feature, by the way. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah. We were so stoked on that. It was a very pleasant surprise. So we'll take it. <laughs> so, um, to get into, your other film, um, Lexi, that we also got to watch, that uh, was your director, (laughs) tongue-tied, your directorial debut, is that correct? That is, yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Yeah, so we we did that, um, so that was, like, during early days of COVID, um, like, you know, obviously the industry completely shut down, everything shut down for months, and and so all of our plans got put on hold, and so me and my writing partner, Eric, were just kind of trying to think of something we can do during that time so we can still make something and be creative and do what we love. And so we're like, okay, we have these insane limitations. It has to be like 80% me at my house. You know, like, why am I at my house? Why are we watching this? Why do we care? How can we open up the world a little bit? Um, so those, that's kind of the, the, the way that Lexi was born. Um, I love true crime. So I'm, I, but there Same. is like an inherent, mm-hmm. I, I totally love it. I'm obsessed with like podcasts, documentaries, all of it, but there is like an inherent grossness to it, right? There's an exploitative mm-hmm. nature of it in the fact that like people are making money off of a tragedy that's befallen someone. So just the kind of idea of, of playing that up with like the experts in the movie and like leaning into that kind of the, the fact that they're like profiting off of this tragedy and, you know, leaning into the true crime tropes was really fun. Um, and it also was a really interesting acting challenge because it was like literally just me, the whole friggin' movie mostly. Uh, so it's like, and I'm acting into my iPhone for half of it, you know, so it's like <laughs> weird to do as an actor because we wanted to film the, the, the vlogs or the vlogs or whatever on the iPhone to make it look realistic and whatever. So it's me like, you know, doing that into this tiny iPhone camera was just such a weird uh, experience or whatever. So that was, a, that was a very interesting challenge as an actor as well um, to kind of, to, to really like carry that with so little being given back to you. It was really fun and interesting. And um, another, another example of like leaning into our limitations, right? We were in this weird time with like very little to do. So we had a very small sandbox to play in, but within that it's really fun to see like, how can we be creative with these limitations and like lean into the stuff and just embrace it and still make something really cool. That's really, (laughs) yeah. I mean, I, like I told you earlier before we started recording, I got a chance to watch it today and um, there were some personal aspects of it that just really hit me that I was like, yo, that just it made it creepier too, even though thank God mine did not get as bad as Lexi's did. Holy crap, that, oh, my my heart just went out to her. Um, yes. And I, also the play on, which is really the dichotomy of social media, right? Where people yes. literally, especially in that that influencer culture where people are obsessed with you, but they're either obsessed yep. with you, I love you, or they're obsessed with you. Like, who does she think she is? And really mm-hmm. on both of those sides, you don't know who this person is. This mm-hmm. person that you hate, 
this person that you love, but this person that you're going to watch every single day, whether you love or hate them, yeah. you really don't know who they are. Mm -mm. You have nope. no idea who you're seeing. You're seeing a, and I think that kind of goes for anybody really online, unless you know them personally, you're kind of seeing representative of themselves. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. It's like their best, brightest self, right? Or whatever the self is that they want to show to the outside world. But I, mm -hmm. I think we've kind of all had this experience, I think. You ever have, you know somebody in real life that you love, but then you see their social media and you're like, who is this? Yes. Like, who is mm -hmm. this person, you know? So I think that that is definitely a, a, an interesting thing to explore. It's like who somebody really is versus who they show to the world and, and the people who love to mm -hmm. love them and the people who love to hate them. And one of the things we wanted to play with with Lexi is like, because she's a kind of like self-help positivity, but yeah, making her kind of like somebody that you find annoying in the beginning. You're like, oh my God, this bitch, she's, uh, make her stop. And then by the end, you feel bad. You're like, oh no, okay. So I kind of, you know, she was annoying and I kind of wanted her to get hers. And then you feel really bad about it by the end, you know? Because I love, I, I'm like savage when I watch stuff. I'm like, I hope they die. Hurry up and die. Like, I'm, I'm like, that's the worst. But I'm also like a highly empathetic person. So mm -hmm. it's the best when like I hate somebody in the beginning and they have a great character arc and I feel so bad right before they get killed or whatever the case is, you know? And I'm like, no. So I, we wanted to play with like that, you know, making her kind of, uh, you know, harmless and, and, and trying to be good and whatever, but, you know, annoying in the way that people who are like always sunshine and whatever can be. And then by the time you see her totally spiral, that hopefully you feel bad. That you, <laughs> you, know, you feel bad for her. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, so, um, Mental health is like such a big thing with this podcast. Yeah. Casper and I are both very open about the fact that we've both had mental health issues yep. and, you know, I've gone through therapy. I'm currently in therapy and I, I like those, um, you know, I, I tend to, that was, that was kind of this other thing I related to Lexi in the beginning, because I, I have, there are a couple of people that I follow that I do like to get that little, like, Hey, on you know what? Yeah. You're a, you're a special person and, and they're not like, you know, like, <laughs> I love the fact that like Lexi was so relatable to so many of these other influencers, but kind of the, ch the cheese was sort of like pushed a little yeah. further. <laughs> like how you yeah. said she almost came off as annoying. Yeah. I didn't really see it as annoying. I just saw it like, Oh, the, they're just, they're just putting that little extra layer of, of cheese on top. That is exactly <laughs> what we yeah, totally. So my favorite comments of people who hate the movie, they're like, this chick was so annoying. I couldn't I'm like, yeah, dude, like she's meant to be. It's just, I like, thank you. I'm glad you found it that way. Yeah. It's just a little extra, right? That's just like exactly what it was. It was right. important that she not be bad, that she be like good and like meaning well, but just a little like much sometimes perhaps. <laughs> yes. I, I do love this whole I don't even know what movie started it, but I am loving this new big thing of horror films coming out that are about influencers. Like, oh, it's, it's I crazy. am so here for it. Like, that one, yeah. Sissy, um, Superhost. Yeah. Like, those movies, like, well, it's kind I of, love it's them. in the nature of the, you know, mm -hmm. here's the thing, especially like I said before, I'm almost 40. So, yeah. and there's about, a, there's almost a 10 year age difference between Casper and I. So there is Shh, that. Tell her my age. I'm just kidding. I'm, I'm, I'm 50. No, I'm just kidding. You're 50. <laughs> yeah. She's 10 years older than me. Um, you wear it so I well, wear though, it darling. Um, I look 20 years younger. <laughs> but, um, so there is that, you know, you have to keep up with the times. You know, I still yes. watch movies back in the, you know, there's movies back in the 80s where kids are going to watch that and they're like, what's that phone hanging on the wall? What's a beeper? Yes. What's a, you and know like, what I mean? Child. And the, be quiet. Exactly. In the <laughs> 90s, you have the same thing. So it's, 
I, for me, for my age bracket, I'm loving it because I'm like, you have to keep up with what's going on right now in the world. And the social media is a thing. And if you can take that, that is encompassing everybody. I mean, you can't get away from it and, and make it something. And I think too, with, you know, like going back to shooting Lexi during, um, when COVID was going on, there were a lot of horror movies that were able to use that almost to an advantage in a way, because they were able to come up with a different, yeah, they were able to come up with a different angle that maybe we hadn't seen before because they did have these limitations that they were working with. And you wouldn't have even, you could watch it now and not even notice that it had anything Mm -hmm. to do with COVID, that it was just shot that way because that was the premise of the film, for instance, host who we host. Yeah. we got oh, to interview host. the producer and um, Haley and Haley the main, who was one the of the main girls. actresses yeah, in the film. Great. And what was weird? We have to that movie was on a Zoom call, a Zoom call which, which was, was fucking me up. Oh, that's great! Oh, it was it's so meta, huh? And Haley Haley was actually in her apartment, so her background. They, I said your background's fucking tripping me out in right the now. film. Yeah, because yes. you see in the film. Because that's where she filmed it. Because mm-hmm. that's what, how they had to do it. Because it was shot during COVID. Everyone in their own place, right? It yeah. was so good. It scared you. You want to talk about a movie? I mean, it scared me, but it scared my husband to like. <laughs> I love it. Oh my goodness! Yeah, that's such a brilliant. Concept. Especially, and I, and I yeah, because I love being married to somebody that like. He's picky. I actually uh-huh. like it because when yeah. there's something that he loves, it's like yes. Yeah. <laughs> You got one. And it's also so cool to see, like, okay, so what are the ones that really, re- like, resonate with him, right? Like, which are the ones that get him that he's like, yeah, you know, that I love that. My husband, yes. too, he doesn't, he does, my husband doesn't like gore. He's not not a big horror fan, so it's yep. always fascinating. I can get him even to watch one. Like, okay, what about this? Will you watch this? And then when he likes it, I'm like, yeah, we got one. Like, so, so proud. <laughs> That's me with my girlfriend, too, 100%. Yeah. Like, she loves Insidious. Like, yeah. if there's any Ooh. series that she... Loves That's the most series. is Insidious and the Conjuring films. Anything nice. paranormal. If it's paranormal, if it's paranormal or psychological, really? and there's not a lot of gore. She is all about it. Well, and Lexi walked. It. Lexi walked that line. Yep. Where yeah. you didn't know, you know. Whereas, like, and and no, you know, you can not to compare, but you can definitely get the feeling. Like with Cold Blows the Wind, I was getting. There was a lot of. Especially with the like campy dark, there was a lot of like yep. Evil Dead vibes, mm-hmm. Pet Cemetery vibe. Like there were all these vibes, and then with Lexi, it was like, I, and and again, two vastly different movies. But the comparison of okay, for uh, I adore American Psycho. I will always yes. love that film. Um, yep. And the fact that as many times as I've seen it, it's always you. You are never supposed to really know did Patrick Bateman really kill all of those people or was this is yep. this guy just such a sociopath that he thought all of this in his head the whole time exactly. you were just along with the ride you know and because it got so nonsensical towards the end of the movie you're like he's not gonna put a cat in an ATM machine what's going on um, <laughs> actually happened right and I feel like too with that those kind of movies when you rewatch them like your experience of it is different depending yes. on your own mindset and state like whatever's going on with you like sometimes you'll, you'll have a different opinion like each time you watch it you know it's which is really cool a thousand percent and like I told you where my husband and I actually both liked he felt really bad for Lexi like both of us like I as the movie that. was going on like we were just like 
oh my god please like what is happening to her and then the woman that um played the uh oh i'm not i know she wrote a i think she was the one that wrote the book that ain't lexi and she was like yeah, telling yeah, yeah. the story she was a paranormal the paranormal like theorist right yeah. and she was telling uh -huh. the story about the house and everything that yeah. happened and that was really i mean me and my husband both were like there's something like it really mm -hmm. you know it really led you to believe, but then thinking on the flip of it, where again, I'm kind of drawing from like personal things that have happened to me in my life, trauma, um, <laughs> personal things that have happened to me in my life, that um, I'm like, you know what? You can be gaslit so bad that you oh, really yeah. become so paranoid yeah. that it would almost seem like you were possessed because yes. somebody has driven you to that point. They have shamed you blackmailed yes. you made you feel so horrible that it does create you almost don't you're gaslit so bad into believing it that you're not all of a sudden you're not thinking with a logical mind anymore like no, that's no, you're crazy. You, yeah exactly thousand yeah, percent absolutely. and then absolutely. you have the social media part of it too where you have these people like i love the juxtaposition juxtaposition of her fans just gloating over her but then these people like well who even cares like Yes. It was just like, yo, this is real. Wow. Real. Real. Yeah. And Super that, was, that was an idea I had how to like open up the world a little bit, which I love. I, like, I'm, I love doing that. Like, I, I think it adds so much to it because just to the, the, the feel of like what it's like to be online, right? Like everyone with their opinions, you know, like good, bad and otherwise. It, it's, it's so interesting how different people receive things so differently. Like I said at the beginning before we started recording, you know, as a creator, it's the same thing. It's like, you can't possibly create something that everyone is going to like. It's impossible. It's a crazy task. So you can just do you and put your POV out there and there's going to be people who love it and there's going to be people who hate it. And it is what it is, right? Same thing with us as personalities. Like we're going to rub some people the wrong way. So I think it's just such an interesting thing to explore the, the many opinions. And, and I was really interested too in the the kind of gross like shot and photo we have when we watch somebody decline like you see that in celebrity culture a lot like you see with like especially with young female celebrities we love to like watch them spiral out of control you know like the Britney Spears and Britney Murphy and all that kind of stuff and there's something really gross about that to me mm -hmm. and I, I just wanted to explore that a little bit too you know the, the 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 glee people had and like her her totally you know she starts to spiral it was a very interesting like thing to play with I'm I it's interesting <clears throat> that you bring that up because I think a lot of that and again this is like I grew up in the 90s, my teen years were very dictated by seeing so much of that happen where at that time, you know, you, you're too young to even recognize maybe even part of you thinks that yep. this is wrong, but you just like, you really don't know and everybody's going along with it. And um, I love how like people are starting to bring up like America's Next Top Model because that was a show that I loved so much. You mentioned print modeling. I did some print modeling in the early nineties. Yep. yep. So like getting a show about modeling with Tyra Banks, I was like, oh, this is so cool. They're gonna show like yes. the behind the scenes. I've done runway, the lighting, yep. the whole thing. Like that's gonna be so cool. Cause I've, I, I've lived that like, yes. you know, on a small, on, a, on my little, Ohio scale, but I, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I got to yeah, experience. You, so you know it. So you want to, yeah, exactly. And that is not what that show was. Nope. <laughs> it was like all of the rest of their reality shows, the real world and the rest of them back then where they were super exploitive yeah. and um, did some wild stuff. 
And, and I put the girls in unsafe situations, and, and yeah. you know what I mean? In terms of, like, there's so much of that. That was really, really gross. And even, like, the, the deal, I remember, like, I can't remember the, the first chick who went on to, like, do a bunch of reality stuff. But the yeah. deal she got wasn't even properly represented. Like, she was basically a promotional, like, a convention model for a year. That was the contract. It wasn't even, like, an actual modeling, modeling contract in the way we think of it. And the money was, like, terrible. So that's why she ended up doing all this reality stuff and, like, yeah. trying to make a career for herself that way. But, yeah, everything about it is so exploitative, right? It's, it's like, it's set up to be, like, very, very exploitative. Yeah, and I think that, like, it's, I think that people that didn't deal with that generation and they're seeing it, na- like, social media, they talk about, like, how exploitive. And it's, like, I'm I'm a kid of reality TV, man. Like, I saw yeah, the writing on You should have seen what was happening back then, right? <laughs> Like cameras in the face, girl's yeah. head is shaved and she's crying and she's right. like, leave yeah, me alone. And they're, like, and they're like, no, we're going to stick this camera in your face. Yeah, we want to yep. see you. Yep. People want to see this. This makes for good yeah. TV. And now it's like, well, this makes for good. This is more YouTube views. This yes. is more Instagram yeah. views. This is more, and now the the real like kind of insidious thing is these things are like monetized, right? So you're yeah. like, oh, let me, yeah, man, I'm telling yeah. you, Lexi hit on so many different factors that I really appreciated <laughs> because it's showing you like the the two, so many parts of it, but like the the real the parts of like, was it paranormal? Was it not? Was she being gaslit so much that, like, and it this also could seem paranormal? It shows and you the good, the bad side of the internet. Of social media, yeah. yeah. Especially being an influencer. Like, I'm, I have had a bit of a taste of that. Not, uh-huh. like, to the point where, not to that point where I've had, like, millions of views by any right. means. Like, absolutely not. I had almost 10,000 followers on Twitter, and I started doing Twitch streaming. Uh-huh. And... When I started slowing down because my mental health was declining and I was like, I need to do therapy. Like, I need to put myself first. I need to start taking therapy. I lost 2,000 followers, like, fast. Yep. And, like, people were, like, expecting me. They're like, well, you said this or you're supposed to be doing this. And I'm like, if this, this is just starting. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't give a fuck what people say. I never really have. I don't really care what people say or think. But I'm like, I can't handle this yeah i'm like i love the podcast and i can handle hate for the podcast whatever people being like you're doing this for yourself yeah i'm doing it for myself you fucked hard um but like (laughs) it's our podcast it's my podcast (laughs) i don't fucking care kevin but um getting that small taste of that i would never want to be an influencer i would never want that on me because people hearing a lot of people actually talk about it and people actually people actual getting doxed. People getting like people um, like actually do Bailey get Bailey docs. I can't think of her yeah. last name. Her name's Bailey. She's on YouTube. I don't huge YouTube. Listen, it's happened to it's happened and to not she's just her, like, a lot of them. But she's saying like she actually went into detail about what she goes through, and I'm like, yeah, you know, how how yeah how do you deal with that bullshit? I've I'm not gonna name any of, of the fact that like. <laughs> People think that you owe them something. Yes. Yeah. I want you, it's the same thing as an artist or celebrity really in any way, right? It's like, because you're in the public eye, like, I am entitled to a piece of you. Yes. yes. That's, that's, that's what it is. Attitude, which is so gross and not fair, right? Like, it's 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 interesting. And, and you get that, like, I like I 
get that as a creator too. It's it's the same thing. It's like, well, you chose to put this out there, so therefore, like, you only this, this, and this, or I'm allowed to say whatever I want about you or do whatever I want to you because you you know you chose to pursue a career that's public or whatever the case may be. It's a very interesting psychology thing, you know. I think it's weird, and I I I think years ago very naively and I think we've all been guilty of this of of saying maybe at one time or another well you know you put yourself out there but then yes, you go yes. through I think because it's so easy to say that right mm-hmm. and it's yep. like but then you go through something that's even like a fraction of that and it's like yo yep. I didn't sign up for this I didn't sign <laughs> nobody bad. signs I just wanted to especially people who I think blurring the lines between um actors and what it means to be an actor and what it means to be a celebrity, what it means to yeah. be a singer and what it means to be a celebrity, yeah. what it means to be an actual artist and a celebrity. Yeah. Those are two very different things. Very different right? things. Just, just because you chose a career that has an element where you're public doesn't mean that, that you wanted that piece of it or that you that you owe anything, you know, anybody that. Like, if you're Kim Kardashian, okay, maybe we can, you know, make a better argument that, like, literally your whole life isn't putting yourself out there right but it's like somebody just wants to sing or they just want to act or they just want to paint or they just want to make movies it's like it doesn't it doesn't give everyone the right to just do whatever they want to that person right it's it's very interesting thing to talk about or think about yeah i mean and but that's why it's it's always been part of our life now you know it's always been so easy to treat a celebrity like a fucking person because yes. at the end of the day, they're like me and they're me and people. Becky were standing outside and I was smoking a cigarette at the at the convention. Yeah. Henry Thomas walks right past us, and I thought I saw him, but Becky. Oh, I knew it was him immediately. <laughs> I knew it was. Listen, I've grown up with that man. <laughs> and yeah. we we just like were chill with him, and we were we ended yep. up having like a nice five ten minute conversation with him, and I was like, yep. that was more important to me, hands down, than just like. Like, I don't understand. Like, they don't want you to freak out. Just be a person. And he thanked just... me for being a fan. Like, he thanked exactly. me. That's what... Like, Look, thank like, you. It's totally. And most people, I think, are like that. And if they're not going to be like that, like, that has everything to do with them and nothing to do with you. But I think if you approach with love and you're saying, like, I'm such a fan of you, like, who's going to come back and be like, eh, fuck you? That doesn't make any sense. Like, of course. I, I think most people are surprised when they have those interactions, but it's the same. Even for me, like, when I'm on set and I'm, you know, my acting job's working with big names and stuff, and, like, they're so chill, and it's like, you're, the, the inside of me is like, oh, my God, oh, my God, this is this person, oh, my God, you know? But it's, it's like, most people are just... People, right? <laughs> like, you just treat them like people. I have, I've only experienced, I don't, I don't have like, well, I, I kind of sort of have a celebrity in the family. My first yeah. cousin uh, is a former NBA basketball player. And That's awesome. um, he's out in LA and he's uh, done several, he was an agent. He did a podcast for a little bit. He's so like yeah. anybody that knows basketball knows him immediately. Okay. Yep. And I have, Back when he was just playing college basketball, you know, I've been around him where people are like, oh, my God, you know, and yeah. I don't see him like that at all. Of course, it's <laughs> just your cousin. You're like, what? Why are you freaking out? He's yeah. just family. Yeah. He's just family to me. So I've always looked at it that way from that perspective, because I'm like, these actors or these singers or whatever, it's the same thing with them. Like, this is a profession that I chose to do because I love acting or I love modeling yep. or I love singing. Um, but the celebrity aspect of it, I didn't sign up for at all. I didn't sign yep. up for it at all. And I'm just a deep down, I'm just a regular person with 
family and insecurities and all the other yeah. things that go along with just being a regular person. If yeah, anything, I do. Trying to make your way through life, right? The human yes. experience. It's, if it, any, absolutely. If anything, I see a lot of them. And I'm like, man, I would just love to be best friends with you. You just <laughs> seem like you're the coolest <laughs> fucking person. There are, yeah. Florence Pugh is on that Florence list. Florence Pugh. Me. I just want to oh, cook yeah, with her. Right. I don't know if I want to be her friend or be on top of her. I don't know. You, you have that problem. It's, there's a problem here. You there's have a, that problem. <laughs> No, I'm yeah. kidding. I, I, I could would actually her. really like to be her friend. She seems cool as fuck. She I want to cook really with her. I remember she just says, uh, she's, 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 and she's so young to have so much like self-possession, kind of like self-confidence, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? She doesn't, she's not like easily flustered and she just like speaks her mind. And I love that because it's, it's amazing um, that she's able to do that at such a young age. I think so many people in this industry, especially young women, they grow up and it's so much fear of saying the wrong thing or people not liking you or like limiting your opportunities because you did this or said this or whatever the hell. And she's just like out here. I love it. Just out, out there. Like, no, I'm not going to lose weight for that role. And like, no, no, whatever, you know, just speaking her mind and, and setting her boundaries. Like, thank God. I think that's, that's she, so I think that's the big thing. Yes. Cause you can see she sets boundaries and she yeah. don't let anybody fuck with them. She's like, mm -mm. Yes. so before like, we, we uh, use a little bit of that, that's amazing. Like I wish we all had more of that as women amen. in this industry, especially. <laughs> I have a quick question to ask you. Yeah. Um, what what is like? I know you said you've worked on other other projects. What's um, is is there a celebrity you're allowed to name drop? Like anybody that we would know big that you've ever worked with or? Um, I mean, probably the biggest. So I was on Dexter, and my scenes were opposite Michael C. Hall, like Dexter himself. Nice. Um, yeah. So that was probably that was like a weird. Like you were talking about interviewing um the girl from Host, and like you're like, oh my god, it's like you're the living room, right? So for me, it was like I, that was the first show I'd ever been on that I watched, like as a fan. <laughs> so it was, and it came in for the last season of it. So it was really weird to like be, oh my god, I'm like opposite Dexter in Dexter's living room, like this is. <laughs> like, you know, it's a very like, surreal moment. Your brain's right like, now. is this real? totally surreal um and again it's like one of those things too where you're like trying to be so calm and professional but inside you're going oh my god it's dexter, he's looking dexter here in the dexter shirt and the dexter house ah, you know, like, <laughs> um so that was probably i trying to think who else like like that's probably the, the biggest person i've shared the screen with you know um what else uh i was in a movie in atlanta with ti the rapper if that if that excites you um, I know who that is. <laughs> she said if that excites you. <laughs> I know who that is. <laughs> that, that, was a, that project was a, a special, uh, a special uh, disastrous project. <laughs> that is away. fucking great. Especially <laughs> yeah. disastrous. All, you know, they can't all be gems. You know what I mean? It's a, it's the glamorous life ain't always so glamorous, but we we do our best out here. <laughs> a thousand, a thousand percent for sure, definitely. <laughs> So uh, before we start wrapping things up, I did want to ask you, because we just, you know, get carried away with talking and have fun and everything. Yeah. Um, how did you get into filmmaking and like uh, producing and writing and stuff like that? Like, what was your what's your background like um, getting into film? Yeah, so it actually, I was an actress first, and I, I basically was so frustrated with the roles I was getting, the quality of the roles, and the opportunities, and the typecasting, and all that kind of stuff. I like to say I was uh, sick of playing hot blonde, dumb blonde, and hot dumb blonde. Mm, um, awesome, so, yeah. Get yeah, it, so I, I bet. Started, <laughs> yeah, so I just started writing, um, and I, I just found it so empowering to be able to, you know, I was like, well, if I'm going to play complicated, interesting women, I guess I'm going to have to write on my damn self, so um, that's what I did, and it was it's really empowering to be able to do that and then uh you know i wanted to make the projects happen so then i had to figure out how to produce and 
direct and all those things. And I, I love the producing is one of those things that's like a necessary evil. Like I don't think any well maybe some people do. I don't love producing in the sense of like you're basically logistics like project managing a massive production, right? You're just you're like making everything happen and organizing all the things and whatever. So it's not really like fun if you're creative, I don't think, but I'm really good at it. Um, and it's a necessary evil because I couldn't afford somebody who's better at it than me to do it. But what I love about <laughs> it is like, I love type A control freak. I love like being the boss because I love, because not, that sounds like I'm an evil uh, person, but I'm not, because I love the, the fact that I can set the tone for my set. Like it's up to me who, who, is coming on board for the project. It's up to me, like how we treat each other. It's up to me, the environment, like, cause that is so hugely important. And as an actor, you know, I've been on so many sets, like I mentioned, <laughs> other previous, one of the previous uh, disastrous projects. I've been on so many sets where people just treated me so poorly and it was just so poorly run and everyone was stressed and everyone was miserable. And it's like, you guys, we're, we, we're making movies. Like we're making something because we love it, right? That's why we got into this. So like, let's remember that and like find the joy in it and keep that joy present. And like, things are gonna go wrong inevitably, of course. Like, Cole was the win was one of the hardest projects I've ever produced like literally every day something happened we had we had a flood our last day of filming we oh, had uh, lightning our first day of filming we had a cat get into the grip truck and destroy a bunch of lighting equipment like <laughs> you name it we had so many crazy things go wrong but like we got through it we you know creatively problem solved and we we kept our heads about us and like we made it happen and we made a film we're proud of so I think I think it's really important to to have that attitude and I love that like it's it's my thing and I can set the tone you know I'm not at the mercy of like anyone else's BS it's like my deal so that part has been really kind of cool and it's been very empowering obviously to be able to do that and know that I can do that and with 22 is like before when I used to just act when I would book a project I would get a little bit nervous you know when I was going to go on set and do my thing now after wearing so many hats on my projects you know where I'm like directing and writing and producing and doing all the things it's like when I have to just show up at someone else's thing and act I'm like that's great that's easy I do that all like, I never get nervous anymore, you know? It's, like, not stressful to me in the same way because it's just one little piece of the puzzle. And I also think what's been really cool is that I think in this business, like, the more things you do, the better it makes you at whatever you're ultimately doing. Like, writing made me a better actor and directing made me a better writer and producing made me a better director. And, and the more I know about what everyone does and what everyone contributes, just the better the better collaborator I can be for anybody which with whatever hat I happen to be wearing. You know what I mean? So that's been a really cool thing to have happen as well. I love Ed, just to, uh, to, uh, kind of, now I'm getting tongue tied again. I'm so sorry. Um, <laughs> to, to relate to, of course, to relate to the, the type A personality. I think that's also a thing with women where we do get, it, it's, I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. I'm like, I'm over that, here, I'm over here sitting type A. I'm like, like mm -hmm. oh, I'm like that in many ways. If, <laughs> if I have, and I think really what it comes to is your vision, mm -hmm. especially like yeah. you said, where you started off acting and you were like, you know, I, I am tired of getting typecast in these roles. I want to have control because I have uh, these characters in my brain that don't fit this stereotype that I know I can bring out. And it's ultimately because of the control that I can have over it. And I think that that speaks yeah. a lot. I'm, I'm like that. I've always said if I, which after Horror Hound, after the film festival and talking to a lot of filmmakers, I'm like, you know what? I think I have a story in my head that might come out someday. And I think do that, it, do it, um, do it, do thank it. you. I was like, you have my <laughs> really producer. I'm over here. So I'm like, much. you know, you're the director. I'm the producer of the podcast. And she's the, the director, only, and she I'm, would be the only person that I would trust because we're both very much like, 
it, that's what has made our friendship and working on this podcast work together is that we are able to come together and have a lot of the same visions on things because typically I like if I have a vision I have to take control of it but yep. um but if you can find somebody else that is like yes. hey I I'm I, I see that vision with you like I'm yes. I'm on let me help I'm right there like I'm on that same because totally. because it can be such a lonely kind of thing yes so you can find someone to be a support system and, and a collaborator oh it's just so much fun it's so much better that way right there's it two brains are better than one right so we get told all the time even by closest friends that we work the way we work together like it just it just flows and i was like it's just what's funny is that we were always like this and then her husband one day was like you should do a podcast and just do what you're and doing I think right we now both have always wanted to do a podcast yeah. it was just finding the idea and then ultimately just you know doing everything it, right? everything just kind of had to fall into place yeah for sure but thank you for the encouragement about a film we're both such cinephiles like we both yeah. really really love movies and I love everything whore. that goes into <laughs> i'm man let me tell you and the more i've gotten into it that i'm i'm i i you know i can watch a film and look at it from a million different ways and i want to know yes. how it was edited i want to know yes. who did the wardrobe i want to know who did yes. the lighting i want to like i want to know every little piece of went into everything because i watch I watch movies so differently. That's that's why sometimes I can be the hardest person. If somebody asks me, like, how was that movie? Same. Ooh, same. listen. You're not going to get a three-minute answer. The photography, the acting, the, what, what is it that you're asking? Yes. Listen. <laughs> when me and... You're like, yeah. When me and Becky go yes. see movies together, we don't watch the movie. It's an experience. We yes, we are like, what is the metaphor? Yes, what is this? What is this trying to say? What we is, went yes. and saw met metaphor. What we went and saw Midsummer together. Yeah. probably yeah. my favorite movie of all time. And she's, we're literally sitting there smiling and crying at the end, and the man oh, sitting next to us is terrified. He's like, what is wrong? And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, you clearly I think never a been lot in a gaslighting relationship, you dumbass. I think <laughs> a lot of men were terrified after they watched. Watch. Think about the meaning of this film. Hello. <laughs> and got an abusive relationship. God love my husband. He was one of those men that the whole time he was watching it, he was like, mm -hmm, I get it. <laughs> I yep. get it. Yep. He's like, burn, burn. <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah, I think honestly, if, if you when I'm gonna say when when you make your film, yes. I think it will even further deepen that appreciation because you'll know all that needs to go into it all, and like you're already looking at the films that way, and then you'll just have an even deeper understanding of all the layers of everything, right? Because it's funny, as my I had people asking this all the time. They're like, you know, just making films and being a filmmaker and like knowing how the sausage is made, does it make you enjoy them less? And I was like, no, it makes me enjoy them more because I know, like, oh man, you know how hard it was to get that shot, or you know whatever, like you just you just have a deep for appreciation for all of the elements that are required for something to be a magical beautiful masterpiece right oh i love hearing that i really do i love mm -hmm. every time i talk to people that are involved in films and that or even watch interviews of people that are involved in films especially if it's a film that i really love and they talk about how much fun even if like everything that could go wrong did go wrong how ultimately yep. how much fun and oh that overall just the experience of it to have because we're all collaborating on really making something like you're creating something totally. like you're an artist totally. you're 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 sculpting 
something to to show to the masses and and what type of reaction are you going to get and again that's why i loved that the the interaction we had with henry thomas and i told him how much i'm a fan and he thanked me he's like i would not i wouldn't be doing this if it wasn't for people like you and that's an amazing thing to hear from someone that loves film as as much as the both of us do totally that's so awesome yeah and that, that's what i was talking about with like you know my sets and stuff and it's just like being in that mindset of like how cool is this we get to make something together mm-hmm. you guys we get to do this thing we love like how lucky are we right like i think that is so important and it, what filmmaking is unique in how in, in how truly collaborative it is how many people are needed to do this thing you know at all the stages of it it's, it's a miracle and when you have a a great cast and crew it's like everybody's leaving their mark on it and it's better for all the things you know for all the little pieces that come together and everybody doing their thing to their best abilities it's like it becomes something greater than any one of you could have done alone you know what i mean which is really cool you Very sound true. like you'd be a blast to work with though like for <laughs> real for real <laughs> i try i try i do i have like with um with Cold with the wind and with my the project that the non lexi was filmed so weirdly it wasn't even like a real thing because it was like just just me and one at a time but with my last two projects people were always like oh this is the best set i've been on and that makes me so happy that's like the best feedback I could ever get like you I have, have very good energy just coming over the phone so yeah <laughs> definitely for yeah. sure I try to make it fun I try like because again we're doing it because we love it right life is too short and I, ultimately like we're making movies here right it, it should be fun like what are we doing if we're not having fun we're doing it wrong <laughs> thousand percent I've been on so many sets where it wasn't fun, you know, and people weren't treated with respect and there wasn't any joy to be had. And I don't want to, I don't want to do that. I don't want to live my life that way and run my sets that way. And I, you know, I want people to remember my projects like, ah, oh, that was so fun. You know, even if things are flooding and <laughs> we're getting <laughs> down and cackling on crazy, like still people are like, this is the best set I've ever been on. I'm like, great. I'm slowly losing my mind and trying to keep it together. <laughs> <laughs> You're just sobbing. You're like, yeah, it's so great. Literally, yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, great. This is fine. This is fine. Oh, I love it. Um, So, Victoria, do you have anything coming up um, that you're working on? Anything in the future? Any any projects that you've got going on? Yeah, so we're always we're always uh, working on other scripts. We have a few finished scripts. We have a few that we're working on. So it'll kind of just depend on like uh, what happens with Cold Was the Wind for the timeline, um, when we do, and what you know, money and investors and all those fun and exciting things. Which one we do next? But we have a, a few in the mix always. And then um, of course Lexi's out. People can watch it. I have a, a comedy web series called The Scrace that's out on all the VOD stuff. People can watch too. Um, I think those are the only two that are out. And then, yeah, Cold Was the Wind hopefully will be out the end of this year to early next year or next year sometime. And people can enjoy that. And then we'll be working on the next one. <laughs> I hope so too, man. Because I'll tell you, yep. Amazon Prime and Tubi have just been real gems Tubi to, is a to, horror, to horror fans. I mean, they have oh, really... It's amazing. It's amazing. Like, Tubi has opened up so much for indie filmmakers. Like, it's such a rabid fan base. It's cool, too. Like, like Lexi's kind of, you know, found footage or whatever. So then I had a couple of friends invite me to these groups that people were, like, talking about it or whatever. And it was cool to, like, go into these Facebook groups with, like, 30,000 people. And there's, like, 60 posts about Lexi with their theories and arguing. And they love it. And they hate it. And da-da-da-da. What do you think happened? And, eh. and like, oh, my God, that's, like, every filmmaker's dream. So it's just cool that it's such an engaged audience, especially in horror. And especially within, like, even the, the subgenres and the niches within it. That's, like, so cool to be a part of. That's awesome, that and I love found cool. I love found footage. Found footage is my it's favorite one of my, subgenre. Yes, yep, <clears throat> for sure. That's why when you told me it was like a mockumentary and like found footage, I was like, oh fuck yes, yes. I know. <laughs> and you're like, that's my jam. I was like, yes, my people. I have found them. It's like you don't <laughs> understand found footage. I have seen so 
many so have I found footage movies and so many bad ones. Same. Yeah. Because you gotta yeah. weed through the bad to find the good. You really yeah. do. The gems are worth it, right? The gems are so Ugh. cool and what they do, like it, there's some really but yeah, there are some bad when they're bad, they are bad. <laughs> there's one yeah. called June seventh. Oh, I haven't seen this. Did you see that one? No, I haven't. Wait, June seventh or June ninth? June ninth. Okay. It's June ninth. It's June ninth. Because that's my mom's birthday. That's and I right. was like, Well, should I watch this? And then you were like, No, it is and I was one like, of okay. It is one of the worst. <laughs> Oh my god. So it's they're now talking about watch it just to see. Like now I'm gonna watch Please, it. Please, I think it's actually yeah. on Tubi or There Amazon are some Prime. I saw it on Tubi. There are some of those films where you find out how bad yeah, it is that it almost makes yeah. you want to watch it even more because you're like, is yes. it if it's really that so bad? So the synopsis says that these fucking dumbass fucking kids that you just can't it's the exact wait. synopsis. You can't wait to fucking die. <laughs> Go on this trip to Helltown, Ohio, and they're like, "Oh, we're not gonna find anything. Everything's fine." I literally was like, "I cannot." I literally sat through that horseshit to see them die. Sometimes those are the best. Haven't we said that we watched some movies? Yes. When you're like these miserable fucking people. When Please. That's me when I watch these too. I'm like, kill them. What if they're gonna die? Kill them. Yes. (laughs) Was the ending worth it? They died. It wasn't really great, (laughs) but the ending was. Yeah. They at least yeah. died. Yeah, they at least died. So now if we can give you one if we can give you a good found footage yeah. one that's actually on Tubi. And uh he's actually a friend of the show. He was in it and directed it. Brett Lotta. Hi. Um oh. it's the Andy Baker tape. Yep. Oh yes, I've seen those. Absolutely. Oh, oh it's loved so good. it. And we got to interview Brett, um, friend of the show, great interview. Okay. Such a good film. Another one of those that had to, you know, that came up with this original idea during COVID and just. It's funny. It plays, it plays after Lexi a ton. Like if people, you know what I mean? Because like, if you watch Lexi on TV and then whatever comes up next, that's one of the ones that, that's why I've seen it. Because it's like one time I was like, oh my gosh, there's afterwards. Love it. (laughs) Yeah, that one was really good too. Loved it. It was so good. So good. Definitely a, definitely a gem on Tubi. Um, Thank you again, Victoria, so much. This was such a great time. This was so much fun. I'm so glad we got to talk about film. So glad we got to talk about your films. Congratulations again on Cold Blows the Wind. I can't Thank wait so for much. it to get a big distributor because people, I, I want more people to I would to actually see this like movie. to buy it on DVD. Too, Same. So. Yeah, we will have DVDs. Don't worry. We're, gonna, we're definitely going to sell DVDs on our site. Oh, yes. hell yes. Definitely. We will have that. We can sign it for you. Do all the stuff. Yes, we're very. Oh, that'd be awesome. Yes. Can't wait. Same. Yay. Well, is there Thank anything else me. that you want to plug before we? And of course, all your socials and and stuff like that. Oh, website. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you can. Yeah. So, you, so I'm just at my name on all the all the things. So at Victoria Vertuga on all the platforms. Um. Yeah. Go watch Lexi. Go watch Disgraced. Uh. Keep keep following us for updates on Cobos the Wind. Um. Yeah. And you want to follow my writing partner? He's at ninety five Eric on all the platforms. You can find him through me too. Um. Yeah. That that's it. I think. Awesome. Oh, and I love the puppies. Oh yeah, I'm, I gotta no, shout out your puppies. dogs. I fucking love your dogs, man. Yay! <laughs> another thing I do in life outside of filmmaking is that I help run a pitbull rescue. Um, Yay! Quite a while, so I'm a huge animal lover. Those are my do- yeah. It's funny people have so many strong opinions on the dogs. Like the dogs are very polarizing. Like these stupid dogs. What? What? Oh! Do Blasphemous! If so someone said these stupid dogs, I'd be like, where is your home? <laughs> so funny. But then I've uh, some really funny emails from people who are like, I just want to say thank you for like the positive representation of pitbulls and da da da. So that's been really cool too. Amen. Yeah, it's, 
It's the best. So that's been really funny. But the dogs are like very polarizing. My favorite too is we were like, we're, like, where'd you find the creepy house and those stupid dogs? I'm like, that's my house and my dogs. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Thanks for that. I appreciated how lived in the house looked because I'm like, my house yes. totally looks like that. The cat yes. treats on the counter. I love it. Yes. Um, and we had to because also like loved it. You know, it, like it has to be yeah it was so funny especially like sometimes i, I was like uh, don't need to clean the kitchen tonight because we're filming in here you know like i wanted it to look messy and whatever but yes for sure my house was lived in i got three dogs man it's, it's lived in. <laughs> i loved it and my husband and i both which uh shame and blasphemy and dishonor on all those people that said dishonor stupid dogs. on you all we kept seeing dishonor the whole time the is we didn't want anything to happen to lexi but nothing better not happen nothing. to those dogs the whole movie yeah. we were like Nobody better touch those puppies. Nope, the puppies nope, are totally, off limits. Totally, <laughs> totally agree. Totally agree. It's so funny too, and I feel like I have to take care of that. So I have to like, like give, like you know, have Lexi like set it up with her friends. So like if something happens, the dogs are taken. And I still have people emailing me like, well, well, what happened to the dogs? Are the dogs okay? Yes. Guys, I, I set it up. Her friend took them. It's okay. <laughs> good. Good. Okay. <laughs> the dogs are with Mel. Everything is fine. <laughs> I was like, I put it in the movie just for you people, so that you wouldn't be worried. Thank you so <laughs> much. Thank you, you so much. I'll let my husband know that the dogs are okay. You heard our <laughs> plea. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Victoria, thank you so much for being on. It has been a pleasure talking with you. And um, you're definitely a full a friend of the show. Anytime you want to come Anytime on, come back, please. Anything, we would absolutely love to have you. Thank you so much. It's been so much fun. I really appreciate it. All right. Well, we will talk to you later. Thanks again. Yes. Have a good night. Have a great night. Okay, bye. All right, oh guys, goodness, that fun. was our interview with Victoria Vertuga. Please check out Disgraced and Lexi. They are both on Tubi, and hopefully Cold Blows the Wind gets a distributor so you guys will be able to watch it streaming soon on VOD or be able to buy a physical copy because Cold Blows the Wind was fucking awesome. Definitely, if you like Evil Dead, it had all those vibes. It was so good. Um... So, so next week, you guys, we will be interviewing another round five. We're hitting round five and it will be, his name is Justin Stillmaker and he did a horror short for horror, horror film, okay, horror hound <laughs> film fest we called The Writer. Um, it was an 18 minute short that was Kill Bill slash Stranger Things and it was absolutely amazing. It was so, the soundtrack, the visuals everything so good we loved it i i honestly i'm so glad you've kept track of what number we're on with our interviews this is why i'm a good producer <laughs> i you know i'm so anal about but it's that been kind so of stuff. awesome it has i cannot wait to uh do another film festival because these interviews are awesome and it's giving us opportunities to to connect with people who are uh you know, working on a genre and an art form that we both love so much and we mm -hmm. get all the like little behind the scenes and I all love that, that shit. All that fun stuff. I I love it. Love it. All right guys. Well make sure to check up check us out for next week. Uh we definitely can't wait to talk to Justin. Yep. Um and of course you guys know that our merch is still on sale until the end of April. You still have yes. a few days to do that. Twenty percent off your purchase. A uh, link will be in the description once it is posted. Also, please go follow us on all the platforms, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at DFWTO Podcast. Handle is DFWTO8811. 
If you have any questions, concerns, want to say hey, email us at dfwto8493 at gmail.com. And last but not least, give us a follow and a subscribe on Google Podcasts, Podbean, iTunes, and Spotify. Leave a review. Let us know what you like about the episodes. We're always up to constructive criticism. We're also up to hate. We don't really care. But we do like to hear your guys' opinions as well because sometimes it can give us new ideas. Um, is there and we're always else? up for ideas on the show, too. Oh, yeah. We've kind of been on an interview run, but we'll get back to our regularly scheduled programming. Of <laughs> get back to our regular Bringing season. you true crime and haunted We have a very, very exciting paranormal like thing happening. Man, we got so. a big one. Um, we got a big one coming. Because you guys know so we, we do it. one every year. Um, we actually have a very exciting one coming up um, next month, and we can't wait to talk to you guys it's, about And it. it's going to be like a first time for us, a first time for them. Yeah. There's a whole lot of firsts that have been happening for us this year, and it has it's been... It's a lot, and it's awesome. Fucking awesome. <laughs> it really has. But we appreciate the support, you guys. You guys are amazing. We hope you've been enjoying this nice little film run. Um, but yeah, make sure to go check out Lexi on Tubi and what is it called? Disgraced and disgraced. Yep. All right. Well, we love you guys. Thank you so much for your support. Have a great week. And remember, don't, don't fuck with the original. Bye.